Welcome to episode 10 of Perspectives Unsettled, a podcast that exists to challenge our assumptions about faith and move the average Christian from status quo into boldness and action. I'm your host, Emily Luttrell. And I'm Ben Stewart. And with us today, our producer, Noah Gray. Hello. And joining us from Birmingham, Alabama, our friend, Tim Hurd. Hey, how's it going? It's hey, nice Tim. to meet you, Tim. Good to meet you guys. Glad we're all on the call together today. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thanks fun. for doing this, man. Yeah, it'll be fun. Speaking of fun, Ben, what's our fun question <laughs> for the day? Okay, well, to be fair, this may not be like the most fun question I've ever asked, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious about this question, especially having Tim here as our guest. Um, so fall has more than officially fallen upon us. I realize like I'm a month late on saying that. <laughs> but with that in mind... I, I would love to know, what is your favorite part about fall as a season? And it can be, you know, as simple as like crumble apple pie, which is <laughs> on the top three list for me. That's pretty mm-hmm. up there. Or something as meaningful as, you know, an event that took place in your life years ago in the fall that makes you like fall forever now or mm-hmm. anything in between. What's your favorite? What's your favorite thing about the fall season? I got one right. I got one right off the oh, bat. Oh, great. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> it is our annual debate over doing a fall scene outside of our house. <laughs> so, ah. You know, like hay bale, corn right. stalks, mm-hmm. yeah. pumpkins. So, my neighbor, yeah. Uh, wh- who, who's the de- debate between like you and your wife or yeah, neighbors? Me, me and my wife. Like, okay. She, she's like, why are you doing that? Okay. Oh, and she's, I, and, she's against and your pro. Yeah. yeah. I haven't done it because my neighbor beat me to the, to the, the punch like eight years ago and oh. just had this like elaborate scene. And I'm like, oh, I can't top that. <laughs> and so now she keeps asking. Like, like what does an elaborate fall scene include is what I'm curious. Like he had, he had like six hay bales. Okay. He had corn stalks. He had those, uh, those yellow little, uh, those mums that, er, that bloom oh, right. in the fall. Right. Yep. Like, yep pumpkins, everything. Wow. <laughs> and, and a, and a, uh, like a picket, he had a picket fence in his yard. So it made it look even more like fallish. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So yeah. it wasn't even worth the argument with the wife to try to no, like, establish something. Yeah. Okay. Now, and she challenges me every year to do it, but she's not on board. Like, so if I do it, <laughs> it's all me. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you know where you both fall on that. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Is it, and it sounds like there's a little bit of like anticipation now, like, Oh, fall's coming. Here comes the debate. Yeah. Here comes the oh, argument. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Like we were on a walk yet the other week and our kids and us, dad, where is the fall scene? You have, you haven't done it yet. <laughs> They're goading <laughs> you. They're baiting yeah. you. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Yeah, they are. Wow. So thanks for sharing that Tim. That's good to know. <laughs> Emily, Noah, anything come to mind? Yeah, I mean, my birthday is in the fall, so oh, that's kind well, of, I mean, that's an enjoyable part, I yeah, guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's getting less and less right, enjoyable, but it's fine. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, thirty was last year. Uh huh. This year, it's fine. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like apples. I like apple oh. stuff. I like apple pie and mm-hmm. cider and apple cider donuts and cake mm. and yeah, just all the. Do you go to an orchard and pick apples? No, but that sounds like a really cute date. Yeah, (laughs) you should do that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Emily. Man, I love it. Well, I I I went to college in the middle of nowhere in like (laughs) central Indiana, 
Um, and the thing I think about when I think of fall is every single weekend while I was up there in the fall, there was some sort of weird festival happening. There was a um, like an apple cider apple festival. Cider. Cover There's Bridge a covered festival. bridge festival. <laughs> There's a <laughs> reenactment of the War of 1812. Wow! With yeah. like people it's a very who live specific in reenactment. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is the is the battle site, Mississinawa, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. But the best thing is like they do a reenactment of the battle, and every other day the other side wins um, to like make it fair. <laughs> <laughs> is that how it went in history? Yeah, every yeah. other day they won. Uh, yeah, okay. I, like at at this point <laughs> so in my accurate. life, I don't remember who won the battle because I've seen it. Sure. <laughs> I've seen it both ways, and I don't remember which right. ones. Which ones? Mm. Yeah, historically accurate. Mm. So I love like fall. Well, I was gonna say I love fall festival, but in Evansville, that means something very specific because we have oh, a yeah. huge right. fall festival that right. we couldn't do this year, um, and it's it's a little different than <laughs> something like that. Yeah, it's like you know, 300 booths of fried food and weird stuff, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really fried anything. Fried yeah. If you think, if you think, can we fry this? <laughs> we fried it. Yeah. And it's usually, sure. should we fry this? We're going to fry it anyway. Yeah. We're going to fry it anyway. Yeah. So. I thought they missed an fried opportunity. Oreo. Fried, fried Oreos. Oreo. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. Yep. Fried Oreos. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. Fried Oreos, fried Snickers, fried Twinkies. Fried butter. Fried butter. Fried, butter, fried, fried Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid, fried Coke. <laughs> Most of it's just... <laughs> I've eaten chocolate-covered crickets. I've never had the brain oh. sandwich, but... Oh, you can get that any time oh. of year. He'll <laughs> top <Yeah>. in. <laughs> That's awesome. What about you, Ben? Besides apple pie. Well, know, connected to the apple pie. So we, my family does do a... Uh, we go out to an apple orchard mm. and... Um, okay, so cute family day. Oh, it's totally cute family day. Great Instagram posts. Yeah, it's always... <laughs> oh, and, that's what that was from. Yeah, okay. and annually, it's one of my highest liked Instagram posts. <laughs> <laughs> Not because I'm in it, but because Kathy and my kids are in it. You do so. your top nine every year, and that one's always right at the top. That's right, yeah. yep. Uh, but... Not only are the apples delicious that we pick, but that is where we get our apple pies and they are mm. quite delicious. So, um, yeah, that's one of my favorite things. But Being a little competitive that those apple pies are your favorite and not apple pies I've made to bring into work. Well, let's uh, step up the competition here, Emily. <laughs> okay. I mean, I am pretty competitive, so. <laughs> there you go. That was that's my fun awesome. question. That's great. That was very fun. Okay, Thank you. Good. Sorry, I feel even more pressure to go home and do my fall scene now. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Like yeah. it just, I, I did. I did tell my wife I'm going to go buy it next time I'm buying one of those giant hay rolls, and I'm going <laughs> to drop that in our front yard. Perfect. Okay, we'll so I got that. one for you. I saw, I was driving somewhere in Kentucky, and I saw a giant hay bale that they spray painted orange and then black uh, for the jack o' lantern. <laughs> So, 100%. And they did it on both sides. So, you know, they really wanted to see it from the house. <laughs> and from the road. We want to enjoy this too. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Take yeah. that and uh, do what you Got want. Got it. Yeah. And everybody that I, on my dead end street that I live on will pass by it. <laughs> <laughs> All those everybody five that people. turns around. Right. Yeah. 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 It'll be a destination. Yeah. Yeah. One of the reasons Uncharted exists is to help local churches achieve their full potential for taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. 
We believe that the local church is the primary way the hope of Christ is displayed and declared. While we all need to take time to understand our unique spiritual gifts, we also need to understand how they work as part of a larger body. The call to missions isn't given to assorted individuals, but to a collective church empowered by unique gifts. And a unique collection of gifts means unique expressions of missions. When a church becomes too enraptured with one specific system of missions, it does a disservice to those they are trying to reach and to those in their church body who want to participate in the ways they're gifted in. There's a need to be nimble, flexible, and open to different possibilities, and also the need to evaluate, prune, and change. On this episode, we're joined by our friend and partner, Tim Hurd, from Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama. He tells us how Highlands has developed a flexible and sustainable mission strategy, what is so exciting about change, and how to make global outreach something for every person and every gift. So Tim, you are on staff at one of our partner churches, Church of the Highlands in Alabama. Um, And I know that you kind of oversee global outreach and legacy team. Um, so Correct. what is your role with that? <laughs> so, so my, my role, technically, I, I, I report on the mission side or outreach side of our organization. So to, I would, I would handle a relationship with all of our partners that are outside of the United States. Hmm. So I hold that relationship, uh, man, manage it, make sure it's healthy. Uh, that's, that's what I'm actually, my folk, my job title is. Now, my dotted line over to the legacy team is a team of people in our church who have the gift of giving. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they're committed to that. They self-identify that, hey, we have this gift. We want to help accelerate the vision of the kingdom. Uh, and there's about a thousand of those people in our church. And so I'm responsible for not only reporting you know, globally, but also locally mm-hmm. to that team, how their giving makes an impact and giving them opportunities to plug back in and, and make and move the vision down the field. Uh, so that that's kind of what that looks like, uh, you know, on a daily basis, of course, because I'm in missions and outreach that that's kind of like morphs <laughs> quite often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's my, that's my main responsibility is to make sure all these relationships are healthy and, yeah. and, and also go find other ones that are doing great. And so what that looks like every year is different. Mm-hmm. So we, we give to about, 30 organizations every month uh, here in Alabama and around the globe. We uh, that once a year, we do some annual gifts and that's through the legacy team and legacy giving. And that, that number balloons to uh, about, it's been as high as like 280 organizations. Wow. And wow. so I oversee that whole process of how that flows where we, what we, you know, I don't really hold those relationships locally because we have campus pastors that do that, mm-hmm. but I do make sure, Hey, all the I's are dotted, T's are crossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, uh, that's it in a nutshell. So, so it sounds like a lot of not, not just administration, but also just high relational capacity. It's, um, it's, it's like, honestly, it's really morphed into more relationship. I, I yeah. haven't, I, I don't have an administrative gift. I just administrate <laughs> out of necessity. And I've just actually had somebody move over to my team that is an administrative genius. Uh, and so I've been able to turn over a lot of things to her to make sure that 
Like, so I can spend time doing this and I can spend time, you know, traveling or doing whatever I need to do. So that's great. Yeah. I guess in a more typical year, how much would you travel in order to like maintain relationships with all these partners that you have? Uh, it would probably be, it, I think it averaged out to like once a month mm-hmm. for a week is what it averaged. So, so this, even this month I traveled, uh, two weeks out of the month. So in that case, you know, I didn't travel. I traveled a little bit in September. So if you average it out, it would Mm -hmm. come out to about a whole week out of the month, a year. Hmm. So fall is usually busy time for me up until mid November, as far as travel goes. And then I kind of slow down November because we're working on that legacy offering that's going to happen at the end Mm -hmm. of the year. Yeah. What are some of the places where either you guys directly or through partnership around the world are having an impact ministry wise and you don't have to list them all, but you know, what are some examples of some of the countries or locations? Well, so, so we, we do have seven, like we've dialed it into seven focuses. So we have seven areas of focus that we, we work in. Uh, so, you know, like we work in Europe, we work in obviously the middle East, Israel, the Sahel belt, is good for us middle asia mm-hmm. of course china and then you know south asia are the big ones uh that we that we try to heavily invest in we make sure that we're there and that's part of my job too is to like make mm-hmm. sure that we're we're sending money to the areas where it's most needed and not just you know as a church you can you can get kind of dialed into what you want to do and keep doing the same thing over and over and over right uh i try to make sure that doesn't happen all the time that we maintain a relationship but we're also you know, doing what's strategic and what's going to last and investing with partners that are truly making a difference mm. uh, in, in the places we want to be. Mm. Other places in the world, we, we like South, South America and Central America, we're more dialed into church to church, you know, missions ministry. So we help churches in South America do leadership development, mm. uh, you know, so you know, roundtables, things like that for pastors who are trying to learn and be better. So we would go invest in that, not necessarily invest in a missions, mm-hmm. like traditional missions effort in South mm-hmm. and Central America. Yeah. That makes sense. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Are you able to lead teams on trips to these locations or are you mostly go as a kind of liaison? Uh, I, I do both. Uh, so when I do lead a team, it's a legacy team. So I like to take these guys who are investing their time in, in their energy into and resources for sure into these places. Uh, I'll take a team of those guys. You know, it will be couples typically. So last year, one to one of the church to church places that we do in South America, I took them there. Uh, so it was uh, see, it was two couples and then a single individual. Mm-hmm. And we go see like, this is what the difference your money is making. Mm-hmm. Like we give to these people every month so they can, you know, sow into pastors and help these pastors grow and their churches grow. Mm-hmm. On top of that, here's also the rest of the ministry they do, which was, it's a fantastic relationship we've had for years. And, you know, it's, it's, we just go down there and hang out. It's a little different trip. I will say that it's a little, <laughs> you know, we <laughs> will step up the hotel Mm-hmm. We'll allow them to fly business class if they want to, you know, those kind of things. And then we'll do some sort of like one or two day experience because part of it is for, for this type of trip is to get these people out of their routine. Mm-hmm. So get them out of their routine, slow down two minutes, see what your money's doing, but mm-hmm. Hey, hang out with your wife, you know, hang out and just 
calm down, rest, <laughs> like put your, and I, like, I, I took some intentional time. There was two days we had, and I said, I, I just asked the guys, I said, just take like the next 24 hours to 48 hours and just turn your phone off if you can, you know, relax, enjoy hanging out, you know, go sit, you know, by the pool or wherever, you know, wherever you want to relax and let's relax for a few days. And mm. it was, it was hugely helpful. So, uh, those are typically the, the trips I would lead. Yep. Uh, I have the opportunity to trip to do other trips, but I, it's either, either a liaison type thing, uh, or I'm leading a legacy trip. So one of the things that, um, or one of the reasons maybe why I was interested in having you as a guest on, on this podcast, um, among other reasons is I know just a little bit about the history and the journey that both you personally, but also church of the Highlands sort of corporately or um, broadly has been on when it comes to missions, uh, internationally and, and really just even at a deeper level, what does it mean to be engaged in God's mission? I've really enjoyed some of the conversations that you and I have had around that and just appreciate your honesty and how you've, um, been exploring that and, and even just your willingness. I mean, I, I really commend the willingness that you and other leaders around you are expressing to say, Hey, how, how do we do this? Well, like, how do we keep getting better? How do we keep stewarding what it is that God has given us? And I think, you know, whether a a church body is 200 people or 200,000 people, I mean, the fact that that you're asking that question is very commendable. And so it sounds like in asking questions like that, it has set you off on this journey. Um, maybe even more so a few years ago, set you off on this journey of what does this look like for us? And I think one of the things that we would love to discuss and hear from you and, you know, even just add some of our own thoughts, our own journey at Uncharted is what has that journey been like for you? Maybe what have been some of the main things that have prompted you to begin that journey? Like, why did you even ask, start asking those questions? Um, What's shaped you along the way? And you've already, I think, mentioned some of the things that some of the values that you guys have as a church in terms of engagement with global mission. Um, but yeah, I would just love to spend a few minutes hearing that sort yeah. of summary of that journey for you personally and, and for church of the Highlands as a whole. Yeah. Well, personally, like I, I take, I'm going to take it back to my Baptist roots. Uh, so I was on the, every year of high school, I was on the mission field in the summertime. Mm. So my first trip was to the Navajo Indian Reservation, which might as well be another country mm-hmm. if you guys have ever explored that. Uh, my second trip was to the slums of Rio and uh, you know in Brazil, and then my third and fourth, we continued to go back to the inner city of Boston. Mm-hmm. And while the Navajo Reservation was super impactful because I'm I just couldn't believe that was in our own country, mm-hmm. the what was burned in my mind was I walked out of our hotel in Rio and I, like I hung a left and I stepped over two families, you know, like white mom kids, like sleeping on a piece of cardboard. I mean, they weren't bothered by me. And, you know, to be honest, like I wasn't super bothered by them except for the fact that I can't like that image is still in my head. Mm -hmm. And I walk, I walked another couple of blocks down to, uh, the market and these kids are, there's 
if you you know been to one of those you know any kind of market they just said dumped all the food into the street that was bad or no good and mm. the trash truck was backed up and these there's like two guys shoveling the trash into the truck at the same time there's like six kids just like grabbing what they can grab to eat and and so like i I've always, because of those things, like it's always in the back of my head. I don't ever, like, I don't feel a call to the Navajo reservation. I don't feel a call to Brazil. Uh, I love those. I love the world. Uh, so that's what kind of got me in it always in the back of my head is always like, there's a bigger world than my cul-de-sac. Hmm. Uh, I want to make sure my kids understand that. I want to make sure people around me understand that. Uh, my wife, had the opportunity to live you know, abroad when she was a little kid. So we both have this global perspective mm-hmm. of not only just the world, but then now we look at it through the church's eyes. So with that background, no, when I did step into ministry out of, you know, the business world, like it was always on my heart and I just, I love leadership. So I love leaders. And so I see, I see it as a different lens, like then a, typical maybe missionary would uh I, I see the lens through the local church and i've had to you know adjust my perspective when it comes to like a place where like a local church not is not going to exist mm. and so my entrepreneurial heart is how do we develop you know a system that can fuel a local church where one can exist but at the same time empower a group of jesus believers in a place where like, you know, we're going to be all huddled up in our house. Yeah. Uh, so with all that in mind, you know, and I set off on this journey of ministry, I was, I was helping our, one of our missions pieces of our church is helping churches grow. So there's about, I think right now there's, you know, I think I want to say 11, 11 or 12,000 churches that are learning how we do church. Hmm. I, I helped a lot of those folks in Europe and Germany, you know, learn some of that. So that, that piece of it is like, how do I take that and contextualize it again into a place where you're not going to put up a building, you're not going to have a building, you know, but at the same time, you know, you want to help God's church grow. And Mm -hmm. so with all that is kind of the backdrop, I'm looking at our church going, like while I love short-term mission trips and I think they're super powerful, I think there's that at a church our, our size and, the, and honestly a lot of other churches, I'm not a hundred percent sure that was where we needed to be in the space. Hmm. Like us trying to create trips and create experiences. While while we like to do them for young people because it is impactful, just like it was for me. We, we have, and we haven't really changed that piece of it. When it came to adults, we often, you know, felt like I was providing a vacation, you know, for somebody to, to feel good and, un, and there was no understanding. And then when we come back, there's no movement mm-hmm. because the, like, in our view of it is you go on a trip to gain perspective, but it also should hopefully move you in your own space, uh, back home. You, you, you pray different. You give different, you treat people different around your, you know, on your street. Mm. Uh, and so as with all, 
kind of, again, with all that kind of in my brain, I start thinking like, how in the world do we do this better? And so I just start asking questions, you know, I mean, Ben and I, I just appreciate our, I appreciate the relationship that we have with Uncharted, but I appreciate the friendship mm-hmm. Ben that we have because yeah. it's, I just see it as like, you guys are looking at it differently and you're, you're, you're not afraid to look at it differently. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not afraid cool. to change anything. Yeah. Like I don't have a lot of, super authority here at the church to change a lot of things, but I can also build a case to like, go, Hey, like, let's look at this. Mm-hmm. Like let's we're, we're doing something that's, you know, fruitful, not fruitful. Like if it's not fruitful, like let's go ahead and let it go. Let it yeah. die. Yeah. And so that, that's kind of the journey that we, that we've been on again, pastor Chris really helped us before COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stopped doing adult trips at that point. And he's, and he, we redialed it into like, okay, these four things need to be happening. Trips is a, trips is still a tool, you know, like it's a tool in the tool belt, Yeah. but it's not the be all end all for global outreach for us. Uh, Mm -hmm. even starting to, you know, step away from the word missions, uh, and moving that into like your life, you're on a mission with your life. So live your life on mission. And we're going to express that in local outreach national outreach and global outreach. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's kind of even a new, a new thought that I've been mm-hmm. trying to weave into our language uh, because we're such an outreach church already. If you can connect the dots for people that when you're out feeding people on the street right here, downtown Birmingham, like the same thing can happen, you know, on this in, in Nepal, the same thing can happen in India and it is happening and it is happening with your dollars, you know, so connecting those dots that, you know, the, you know, being the hands and feet of Jesus doesn't look a whole lot of different except for the location. Mm-hmm. Uh, so telling that story. And I, I again, I'm, I, I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So I just like, let's create, you know, let's create some things. Let's see what sticks. Let's throw a bunch of stuff against the wall, see what people like, mm-hmm. see what Dino likes, see what pastor Chris likes. Uh, and he just gave us, you know, our four kind of core values to really, or fill, I call it a filter mm. to run everything that we do. Uh, you know, Ben and I you know, have talked about that before, you know, it's making sure we're going to the unreached mm-hmm. of the unreached, you know, making sure we're engaged in scripture, you know, how translation, you know, audio about whatever that, whatever scripture engagement looks like, make sure we're doing that, mm. make sure we're doing leader development and make sure we're investing in church planning mm-hmm. Out, outside. And this is all outside of the U S yeah. It's good. And that's the filter that I use and it doesn't have to hit all four. It does, but it needs to hit one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And, and then you just measure the impact. And so that was a lot. Wow. I may have not answered the question. No, you <laughs> answered it really well. And what, what's cool hearing you talk, I mean, there's a lot of things that are really um, commendable in, in what you just said, but what's really neat is just the very natural overlap in the way you talk about mission, um, to the way that we talk about it at Uncharted. And I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, mean, you already intimated that it's part of the reason why there's such a good, not only partnership organizationally, but just friendship as we continue to explore this together and learn from each other. And so it's very fun to hear from you as a church leader, using language and expressing values that have become important to us here at Uncharted as well. And um, 
you know, reflect some of our own journey of ways that things have shifted and reframed things and said, you know, ask questions like, well, why are we doing this? Um, so I appreciate you sharing that. That's yeah, cool to hear. Well, I, I, I love it because I, I, I don't ever think that, you know, I mean, you guys are in the world, you know, like we've done it the same way for 20 or 30 years. And if you look at, if you look at what's happening, like, you know, all of us could pick up our phone and text somebody on the other side of the globe mm-hmm. right now, which wouldn't have happened, you know, even right. probably even 10 years ago. Right. I mean, so, you know, you, ha- if, if you can do that, then you got to change. Right. You know, like, <laughs> yep. uh, uh, so I, I don't know. I just look at it like that. And I look for leaders like, you know, you and like your organization that are doing this kind of thing and just thinking about it different. Uh, I mean, pastor Chris is always, you know, invest where it's, the money's being made, but invest in leadership, like invest in people who are like, like he's not married to it. Like he's not married to the system. Mm-hmm. He's married to the vision. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to carry that as much as possible. So I don't mind changing a system mm-hmm. if it gets the vision done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes that's painful for other people. If depending on how you're <laughs> wired, <Yeah. laughs> a lot of, you know, was 67% of the people on the planet have some, you know, personality type that doesn't like change. Like I'm not in that 67% at all. Uh, or it may even be higher than that. So, so I, we, we have fun when people don't like change. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we're all definitely like in the middle of, of a very revealing season where you suddenly realize if you are married to the system or not, because as a, as a missions organization during a global pandemic, we can't take trips anymore. And so if our, mm-hmm. if we're so committed to our system being, well, we'll send people overseas and that's how they'll engage in missions. Like, well, then we're, we're done. Like we can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. We're not a missions organization yeah. if we can't do that. But um, it's really helpful to have this mindset all the time of realizing sometimes things need to change. Things mm-hmm. need to prune. We need to realize when we're too invested in how we do things instead of why we're doing them or what we want to do. Um, mm-hmm. So that you can realize like, hey, the world's going to change anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like pandemics are going to happen. And if we can't adapt with them, if we don't have something that carries us through, um, then then we're we're a travel organization. <laughs> you know, right. we're not a we're not missions. Right. Yeah. So well, that, that, that was a conversation that Pastor Chris had with with Laura and myself. He's like, we look like a travel agent. Yeah, like he's like take it down. (laughs) So I'm like, got it. (laughs) This is a a little off topic, but connected. Certainly, I'm curious. A question to all of us, as we've been just talking about how change has been so necessary, even before COVID. You know, it sounds like Tim, you guys went through a lot of change of um, what your global expressions looked like, and certainly here at Uncharted, we've gone through a lot of hard, but healthy, necessary change. So to put all of us on the spot here, um, and Tim, I will start, I will start with you just cause you're the guest. So you get to, <laughs> to suffer the most. Um, Got it. what, what would you identify if, if you could identify just one key characteristic of how to do change well? So if you're thinking about our listeners right now, you know, the different contexts in which they live life and serve and lead, um, what what would you say in your experience leading through the changes that you guys have gone through 
if you can only pick one, <laughs> which I know is hard, mm, yeah. um, what is one characteristic of how to lead people through change well? Uh, to leading them and in, leading them into flexibility, mm-hmm. because you have, like I said, that large majority of people who aren't flexible. You lead them into flexibility and security. Hmm. Like we're all going to be okay. It's all going to be fine. No, you're not going to coordinate trips anymore <laughs> because <laughs> we can't do trips. Yeah, but it's going to be okay, and we're going to have to be flexible. And we're going to have to be creative. I, I think just the flexibility piece. Yeah. And to be, to be honest, like, you know, you see in an organization like ours, you automatically, you quickly see who can't be flexible mm. or can't pivot. Yeah. You know, pivot was the buzzword of the pandemic. I <laughs> <Yeah>. feel like, <laughs> you know, if you couldn't pivot, you're dead, you know, yeah. all that stuff. So I feel like the flexibility of, of people was, was one thing that I, I would really say was critical uh, for us mm. uh, and having and, and helping people get there because like I said, not a lot of people want to be there. Yeah. That's good. Noah, Emily, any, any thoughts as you reflect on either the change uncharted has gone through or even just other changes in life that we've experienced both recently and in the past one characteristic that's helped lead people through change. I mean, I think with a lot of things, but honesty, hmm. uh, honesty about how things are moving forward, transparency about um, things that may be difficult lying ahead. Nobody wants somebody, I mean, maybe some people do, but I don't want a leader who's going to come in and be like, everything's going to be great. <laughs> We're going to be fine. Don't worry. Cause that's going to make me worry. Probably <laughs> first. If you tell me, don't worry. You, you messed like, up already oh, so something yeah. to be worried about yeah huh? so yeah. so you're saying i need to be worried um yeah but just being honest about the challenges that lie ahead about the road that you're getting ready to walk knowing that it might be difficult that we're going to experience um you know change sometimes slowly mm-hmm. and and it might be painful but but there's something on the other side of that pivot or that change that is better so we got to walk through this um kind of gritty season mm-hmm. honestly and and you know with vulnerability and openness mm-hmm. um so that's yeah good. that's that's what i've noticed it's good mm-hmm. yeah i think um like i'm someone who generally likes change but i'm also someone who's really sentimental <laughs> so sometimes it's hard yeah. um but i think when we recognize like all of the personal feelings that get tied up in in activities or in systems hmm. um we forget that um you know this might just be a personal preference this might just be something you like doing or it's something you have strong emotions or history with Um, and that doesn't make it a good or a bad thing necessarily. And I think there's ways to, to honor, um, that experience for somebody, but I think it's also important to recognize, um, it's okay if you really love this thing, but that you need to know why you love it. Mm -hmm. And if it's just because it's something you really like doing or, or a style that's really attractive to you. That doesn't mean um, change from it is bad or it doesn't mean you need to move on sometimes, mm. you know, not talking to anybody but myself mostly at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. 
Yeah, I think kind of along that same line for me, one thing I've learned probably more so recently just in this role is um, giving permission or creating a, a space for permission for people to grieve the change. And um, I'm probably the opposite of for you, Emily, <laughs> where I'm not super sentimental. There's maybe only one or two very small areas of my life where there's much sentimentality. So I've had to learn to, that you need to create the space for people to grieve what's changing. And it doesn't mean the change is wrong or bad if people are grieving the change. That's just a healthy part of seeing people and helping people move forward into something new. Um, so that's been a good learning for me, especially in the last few years here at Uncharted. Yeah, that, that's that's a tough piece. Uh, I, I, you know, when you said that, I, I've challenged all the time by people who are, I am, I'm super non-emotional about a lot of things. <laughs> so like, like I, I love my family. I can be emotional with my family, right. but I'm not emotional about like work and right. don't get emotionally tied. But there are people who, you know, sometimes will lead out of their emotions. Yeah. And how do I navigate people who tend to do that when I don't, you know, yeah. I'm like, just, let's just get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's how I tend to be. It's like, all right, let's just keep moving forward. Here we go. I mean, yeah. this, this is someone who spent the last couple of weekends cleaning out all of her like memory stuff from her closets and still has like three shelves. So oh, my, wow. my, my version of that is Kathy has like 8,000 photos on our iCloud account. Mm -hmm. I have like 10 wow. and, um, you know, yeah. I, I take a picture and then delete it typically. So oh, I like, I have notes from, classes in college that I'm like, you know, someday I'm going to go back and read through these probably. <laughs> oh, that's good. I, I well, good good, good answers. Those are good answers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's cool to hear just about the change that we've all been walking through and the things that we're learning from that. So, mm -hmm. um, so in our last episode, we talked to Amanda Brown at Flatirons Church and we talked more about personal missiology and how like we develop our own sense of what what makes good missions. Um, and I'm interested in, in how that might compare or contrast to this idea of creating missiology with, with a church, with like a body of believers. Um, some of the, the difficulties with that, like, um, you know, Ben, as someone who leads the missions organization, you can't kind of just decide, mm, this is what I think and mm -hmm. this is going to do it. You know, you're leading other people mm -hmm. um, and thinking, a, in a different mindset. Um, so Tim, maybe just thinking about like, how, how do you, um, you know, not necessarily trying to please everybody. Um, but you do, you know, you're having a group that you work with. You don't, you don't have the luxury of being like, mm, this is what I think. And now I'm going to keep going forward. What's that yeah. process like? Uh, so for us, like the, honestly, that's where we felt like that's the, the place we're in is that we have a, we had a missiology or a way we were doing missions that wasn't a hundred percent fitting inside the way we do church. Mm -hmm. uh, so we do church, you know, gift based ministry, you serve out of your passions and your gifts, and this is the way you express it. And, you know, this is the places you serve. And so if you land in the missions, outreach world, you know, the global side was traditionally always a trip. Well, so then that thing turns out of a gifting and a passion 
into us facilitating mm-hmm. <laughs> trips. Uh, so, so yes, we have a lot of people who are passionate about it and a lot of people who do it, but now we have a whole department or we had a whole department. That's all they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, which is really not how we do the rest of our church. Like the rest of our churches, we, you know, and that was centralized. So we have lots of campuses, mm-hmm. you know, but still centrally, we're facilitating all these trips and it's, but we don't do anything else like that in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, and so, and of course our size starts to create even more difficulties because now you're spread out all across the state. You're, you know, you have all these people who are coming and going and to engage them, you know, it's, it's a, it's a fun part of growth, but it's also a difficult part of growth because you, because you really almost have to turn it off centrally and restart it locally. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, now looking at it from an outreach perspective, you, you, you can put people in the same room because before it would be like, Hey, if you, if you love local outreach, you go serve on first Saturday, or you go to the dream center that's in your city and go serve. Uh, if you like prison ministry, then you get plugged into prison ministry. If you like global ministry, you go on a trip. Mm-hmm. And but it's up to us right. <laughs> to make that happen. Right. Which is again like for our culture is uh, became a little counterintuitive. Mm. So the thought would be going forward is if I want to go on a trip as a part of our congregation, our team has uncharted missionary organization, A, B, C, and D, mm-hmm. I go create a, a group, a, a small group around my passion yeah. of the world. Yeah. And then I go to our team. Okay. Where do I take these five guys I have in my group? This mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. you know, and we can't, all, you know, but without getting into, you know, the 1040 and where, where should we go? Like mm-hmm. forget about the where, but you have to get, offer people some options, you know, cause a lot of people can't go you know, 12 hours around the globe. Right. Mm-hmm. But they can, they can go two hours, you know, to Central America and get some great stuff done and, and have that experience. Right. But it's, it's them owning it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're in charge of their spiritual formation in an international sense, not me. And like, I just, I just set the table for them if that's a, a good way to say that. I set mm-hmm. the table, let them take the step, let them move. And then when they come back, okay, how, like, what did you do? What did you think? You know, they can, you know, kind of tell me what, what their next step would be. Mm-hmm. And then they, they again, start to rally people at their campus to let, Hey, can we go to this organization? Can we go to this organization? And now I have a campus that's with people who are passionate about a place or passionate about another organization that just fuels the system. Mm-hmm. And I'm not pouring gas on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, I think that's whether that's right or wrong. Like I, I believe that's kind of where we're headed and we're, you know, again, maybe where churches get it right, get it wrong, you know, for kids, I think that providing them an opportunity because they don't like most kids don't know. They just, you just want to give them an experience mm-hmm. and expose them to the golden globe. Whereas adults, if they're super passionate about it, like I have a friend and he runs the health center that we have. That's not part of our church, but associated with our church. And he said, if you, you know, you, uh, we all know this piece of people who are super passionate about China or wherever. And he's like, if you love China that much, why are you my neighbor? 
Yeah, <laughs> 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 you know, and I, I, I kind of took that. I'm like, you got a good point. You know, like there will be a lot of people who are super passionate about something that they may or may not know nothing, anything about it. And so, you know, allow them facility, but let them take the step instead of me forcing the step on them. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's that's us. That's our culture. Uh, always learning from other churches on how they do it. Uh, I believe the more I talk to other churches, they feel the tug of like, I'm putting on vacations for people, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Uh, and so they're looking at it like, I mean, their but you know, like their budgets are huge budgets to put on these trips, even though people are paying for the trip. Yeah. It still costs me three people in salary to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, versus I could, you know, I'm sure Uncharted knows how to facilitate a trip. <laughs> you know, <laughs> done, like, why am I doing it? Yeah. <laughs> why am I doing it? Yeah. So, yeah. so that's that's that would be the the way. And so I save a couple of salaries, or I redistribute the salaries of my people into a, like a place where it's way way more effective. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, but again, like I, I think I have the privilege to sit in a seat that sees a lot of those things, and not I'm not down in the weeds of you know missions trips and things like mm-hmm. that. So it sounds like, at least with the adults um, in your in your world, that it's shifted from more of this recruiter type philosophy of we're just going to try to get as many people to go on as many opportunities and experiences we can provide to more of that mobilizer. We we want to yep. help you identify the gifts that God has given you already and the context in which you can go live them out and not trying to put those words in your mouth, but if that's the case, I mean, that's, that's something that that was a big philosophical switch for us too at uncharted is, um, we, we were trying to act as the recruiter. We were trying to be the ones who were actively saying, you know, come, come do this with, with us type of thing. And we're going to create this experience for you. And yeah, it felt like basically a feel good vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, and going through a pretty radical shift of saying, no, we're not going to be recruiters. We're going to be mobilizers. Um, we, yeah. we want to help you identify where it is that God has called you to live on mission. Uh, in the case of uncharted, it is specifically in, you know, unique global places, but how do you use the gifts that God's given you already in those contexts? Um, right. so that's cool to hear that that's been your journey as well. Shifting from well, that. Uh, I think, I think it really ended up coming out of, I was, you know, I was the groups director at our biggest campus. Hmm. And so I, you know, I had 900 groups I was responsible for and I'm, and so uh, there was always the, the, the rogue group <laughs> that people would go like, why didn't you shut that down? I'm like, well, if, if our church doesn't want to do it, it's going to die. Hmm. You know, like we have the free market system. It's like, if you have a restaurant sitting down the road and you serve crappy food or it's a crappy experience, like it's going to die. Hmm. And <laughs> if you do a group that nobody wants to go to, nobody's going to go to it. So, so, you know, I had, I was always having to either make that phone call or make the call to just let it sit, let the group sit. And most people would figure it out. Like, Oh, well, no, nobody wants to, you know, do basket weaving on Monday morning at 6am. You know, nobody wants to do that. So I just let it sit like nobody will go and it'll be fine. Or you get pleasantly surprised by the guys, a great recruiter can, you know, get people to weave baskets at 6 a.m. on Monday morning and it explodes. And now he's got 10 different groups and it's multiplied. So the same philosophy goes for a mission trip. 
you put somebody on the field who who can recruit and loves to lead a mission trip, he's going to do it. He'll fill mm-hmm. the trip up. And 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 when I had that thought, then I go to my guy in Auburn, our Auburn campus guy. He's he is a missions dude. Mm-hmm. So if we had a trip, like so, here's here's where we got to. If we had a trip that needed to be filled, I'd call him. <laughs> I mean, ahead. he w- he he filled every single trip we gave them. But you know, the, a guy, the guy in Montgomery is like he's is pulling teeth because yeah. he's just not wired like that, and we have to be okay with that. Yeah, you know, he has to understand that he has a responsibility to the globe as a campus pastor. Yes, but he like if he's not wired like that, then I'm not going to make him get mm-hmm. wired like that. Yeah. I am going to ask him to go find somebody at his campus that's wired like that, you know, so they can help, you know, steward the people that are, but so I'm, I'm looking at it like that. Like, why don't, why don't just do it like that? Yeah. You know, if the guy in Auburn wants to leave, lead five trips and his boss will let him lead five trips a year, I'm going to let him go at it, you know? Yeah. That's good. <laughs> but yeah. I'm not going to force the guy in muscle shoals to, you know, what he loves. By the way, that guy loves the globe and, you know, he could, he could do as many as he can, but he's got like three people on staff and 1200 people coming to hmm. his church. So, you know, why make him do that, you know, or, but I do allow him space to do it. Hmm. Uh, so that's kind of how it all came to, you know, the thought came around is like, just let people do what they're gifted to do and then see what the, what the fruit that gets bared, how, hmm. you know, see the fruit of it and then build off that. Hmm. That's good. Well, Tim, this has been um, very encouraging conversation with you. And like I've said already a couple of times, it's just, it really is wonderful just to see the alignment in missiology and, and values and so on and so forth, so forth between our different organizations and, and you know bodies of people and movements and even just relationally. And so really appreciate what you've shared with us and, and even just the model that you are setting for organizations like ours, the model that you're setting for other church bodies. I, I love, I mean, in other conversations you and I have had, um, just your desire to, to share. I mean, you guys just have a very generous heart. Um, and I don't mean that just when it comes to finances, but just ideas and opportunities and, um, content, you know, I, I love the generous heart that you guys have. Um, so yeah, again, thanks for this time. And I, I would love yeah. to, as we kind of come to a, a close, would love to just hear, even in light of our, um, new realities of, of COVID, what's something that you're excited about for the future, whether near or far, uh, the future of global missions at church of the Highlands. Well, I mean, I, I'm going to echo your sentiments first before I answer the question, because I, I, I just appreciate, uh, y'all's just entrepreneurship into the missions world. And, you know, it's, it, it's like a shot in my arm to talk with you guys because, you know, I feel like some days I'm like the, I'm like the business guy who showed up on church staff and is, (laughs) you know, turning over all the apple carts and looking under the hood and, you know, all the people who have done it for years and, you know, have, you know, steeped history are, you know, kind of looking at me like, what are you doing? And Mm -hmm. uh, so, so it's fun to, to be on the call. I appreciate what you guys are doing and the investment that we've made with you guys. It just returns. Cool. Uh, and just, you know, everybody who asks Uncharted is a great way to invest their money. So I appreciate you mm-hmm. guys being a great steward of our Thanks, money and being an arm of our global outreach. Uh, so excited about, honestly, I, I get excited about every day about something. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll, again, I'm back to, I like change. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to do 
trips that have a multiplication effect. Hmm. So while we discussed, you know, not doing trips, I believe there's a tool belt. We have a lot of people on our staff and to your generosity point, I, Pastor Chris will say the best thing that he did at this church was his team. Mm-hmm. I like to tag onto that. The best thing he, that he can do and we can do is share our team with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's whether cool. that's locally or you know nationally or globally, I believe putting teams together that you know go to 10 churches that in that can infect areas. If I go train 10 churches there with three people, there's a multiplication effect that the return, like even if I fly those guys business class, <laughs> like the return is huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited to put together, you know, like these trips, you know, around the world and not only for our, our staff to learn, but our, but to be able to sow into pastors that are, you know, have a church under a shade tree or having church mm-hmm. in a 500 year old cathedral in Europe mm-hmm. that, that we're able to invest and multiply an effort. Uh, I, I'm super excited about that. And then I'm super excited about the fact that they, those churches can then go out and reach people on a global scale as well. I mean, awesome. Americans can only go so far, you know, mm-hmm. but I was on the phone with a guy in Italy who's planted six churches during COVID. Wow. And he said, our intent is not only plant this church so we can redeem our spiritual heritage here in Italy, but is to send those people because we're so multicultural, so so multinational that they can go back to the where they came from and go back to these places in the world that they can get to that we can't. Hmm. He said, "There's a every church that we've planted has a missional effort outside of what they're doing locally in the church in hmm. Italy." So the guy tells me that, and I'm, you know, just, so it just fires me up to go do more yep. and, and, you know, around the world where we can, you know, get every place that we can and just trust the Lord that we're doing it in the right places that have a multiplication effect outside of the places that we can go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, as you guys know, you know, like the globe, you know, what is the global South, you know, the mm-hmm. church in the global South mm-hmm. is probably the next great missional push into right. some of these areas where, traditionally, you know, North Americans can't go. And mm-hmm. so how do we go do that? Well, yeah. uh, excited about, that. I'm excited. Like, again, I'm excited about change. I'm excited about just how we get to invest our, our money around mm-hmm. the world. Cause I get a firsthand look at that. And we've, we've invested strategically over the, uh, the course of this COVID period. Like I, I mentioned earlier, we do monthly gifts and we do annual gifts. We also invest strategically. And we've done that with you guys, you know, once or twice during the season, Mm -hmm. but we, we've done that 156% more. So we had 150% growth, 56% growth in that strategic giving over this COVID time. Wow. Uh, So like that fires me up, you know, when I, you know, this pastor Dino and I will text funny things back and forth. It's not a bad day when you can give away money. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh, it's so really cool. that, that that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about, you know, just getting to the end of the year and seeing yeah. what happens, what else we can do. It's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. awesome. That's a, that's awesome. And it's fun to, I know we're dreaming together about some future things as well that yep. fit into the, yep. some of those categories of creativity and doing missions a different way. Um, Emily, maybe you want to share with our listeners just some of the things coming up for us and uh, remind us of some important stuff coming up. 
Right. Well, Uncharted has Global Day coming up. (laughs) Can you add the sound effect that's like... I'll think about it. (laughs) You won't know until after. Right. I'll have to listen and see. Yeah. So Friday, November 20th, Uncharted is having a um, webcasted event that you can attend in the comfort of your own home. Um, And it is going to be, you know, a a visual, artistic, cool, educational, informational experience. (laughs) Good (laughs) word choices right there. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. All about uh, international missions, what, um, why, why we do it as a church, but also as Uncharted, um, what it looks like um, in different avenues that we pursue, what a healthy, holistic expression Mm -hmm. of missions is, and how we are still active and participating in it um, when we're not necessarily going on trips or, you know, working overseas. Um, but missions still happens. We're not we're not a trip agency, so you know we're missions, and missions is happening when trips aren't happening. Mm. So you can go to unchartedinternational.org/event and sign up um, for an RSVP, and you can get some information. Um, on how we can watch it then. You can also get updates through Uncharted's email newsletter. Um, and if you're not getting the newsletter, you're missing out on a lot of updates from our overseas partners anyway. So everybody should sign up for our newsletter <laughs> if they're not. Um, but there'll also be you know upcoming information on the different modules we're going to be having, some, some looks on the content we'll be sharing. Um, yeah, and we're also going to start our end-of-year fundraising campaign for um, some specific ministries that Uncharted is doing. Um, there's you know, education initiatives in Central Asia and then um, ministry costs for church planners in Myanmar that we're excited to be able to um, support and keep influencing. And um, you know, that's one way we all still engage in, in ministry. Um, and we're excited to be able to uh, do that more. So go to Uncharted International, unchartedinternational.org slash event <laughs> right now. Everybody listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we would love to have um, anyone and everyone participate on the Global Day event on November 20th. And again, Tim, just thank you so much, not only for taking the time this morning with us, but um, even way more than that, the continued friendship, partnership, and um, I just love the kingdom mischief that we get to do together. <laughs> Absolutely. uh, It's good stuff, man. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate what Uncharted does. Uh, Again, appreciate the friendship, most of all. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Take care. Thanks, Tim. Thanks. See you.